Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today is episode 133 and it's Mandy and I. We're back together today, man. Just us having a good old chat, just like the old days. Feels like a while. I know, yeah, it feels... And the kind of subject for today too feels like we're back in our kind of... Yeah, in our jam. (laughs) Talking about Lane. Yeah. Mm. So, so how are you doing mm. well yeah good i'm actually really good because well we, we've been chatting and it's like it's like oh we're back having a chat together and it's like like we're not on whatsapp pretty much all the time <laughs> 24 7 so you know this anyway but um yesterday uh i it's half term here so yesterday i had the house full of kids and I've spoken before about, um, you know, my son really not wanting to hang out with us ever or ever have any friends around or anything like this and, and feeling a bit of sadness about this. And so my daughter had a sleepover and then, yeah, so two of my, my son's friends sort of turned up and we had our bell tent up in the garden and I ended up feeding them all. And I was just so in my happy place, you know, those things that just, I don't know, yeah, had a, had a nice mum moment then of like, oh, I've got to feed a whole horde of you. And it was like really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. We're laughing, weren't we? Because I was just like, yeah, that's like my idea of hell. I hate kids. I hate them bloody. Like whenever there's more than like just my children in the house, I'm like, oh man, when do they leave? I know. <laughs> that's hilarious. Bless, but I'm really pleased for you, like, I mean, I guess I, you know, it's the circumstances around it too, right? That just makes it even more special for you. So, yeah, happy for you, dude. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, it's been up and down, up and down. <laughs> um, I won't go into it all now because I'll just ramble on for hours. But, um, yeah, I am grateful that I decided to get a therapist. So I have someone to offload and have a good cry too um and i am feeling a bit better today but yeah things are just there's a lot look i've got like a list of stuff i'm i need to do and sort out and change and blah 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 blah. and yeah sometimes it feels tiring to constantly be trying to make yourself better and then when you hit walls where it's like really like you know throw me a freaking bone here man like what else do you want (laughs) you know uh what else do i need to change or adapt or but i'm trying to flip the thinking and you know it's great being a coach because you use your own skill set to be like let's look at this from another angle Hmm, what can i gain from the situation and blah 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 (laughs) (laughs) yeah coaching schmoaching like whatever whatever. so i'm reading the subtext dude i'm reading the subtext (laughs) but i think it is there is that sense but i think there's a sober thing here as well where like that i 
sometimes you get that thing, but I'm I'm being good and I mm. deserve, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to have a bad, bad day or feel shit or have this. Or, you know, when we were talking a bit before, there's a very much that, there's a, there's, it, it, it does, you, you want to be able to stamp your foot and go, it's not fucking fair. Yeah. You know, and that's part of it, isn't it? We're allowed to do that and feel the feels. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, allowing that moment but not like yeah. wallowing in it do you know what exactly. I mean like not moving to sort of self-pity or like because that's what would leave me back to drinking it's kind mm. of like okay I've had a moment and now it's like strategy you know mm. and action and you know gratitude for what I've got and all those sort of sober skills thank goodness kind of kick in and just be like oh right it's not it's not the end of the world yeah yeah and I think it's almost like it's really weird actually I just had a a real I've just had a bit of a kind of a mind exploding emoji thing this is so weird I can't believe that I'm actually talking about this on the podcast but I was thinking about the RAIN acronym now that recognize allow investigate nurture and then you need one thing on the end which is action so it's RAINA and then I reminded me, so that was my best friend at university. My friend from America was called Raina. Yeah. Yeah. Who's like always in my thoughts and in my heart. And then I had this moment of, oh my God, that feels really weird. Aww. It is, isn't it? It's like all of that. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. Bleh. So we're talking about language. Which, well, there's two reasons really, like, one thing is we realised that quite a lot, because of the way that podcasts work, um, you can't always access the sort of, they only have the sort of the last hundred, I think, because we're like still going on two years <laughs> Some people might not have listened to the early ones. Like they are available. You can go onto Podbean if you search Love Sober, like all the, the whole catalogue is there. But also just because I think we talked about language in episode three, right? And it was like, hmm, maybe we don't feel the same way as we did about language then. And, and it'd be nice to sort of just have a chat about how that has change for us I guess and where we're at today so yeah um and it's that not isn't it it's that not to the fact that we're all works in progress and things change and mm. that it's not a fixed point in the sand it's like okay there's that decision to be sober and that commitment and that baseline and everything else changes and evolves so I love the fact that there's that you know that we can do that as part of the, yeah. um, the joy of it so what do you want to start with <clears throat> well i've written a little list but i don't know whether it's the makes sense to start with the one that i've what have you written first have you made a list recovery was my first one on the list me too okay let's start there okay so yeah i mean i think both of us it's safe to say we didn't really like this word <laughs> there's a lot of resistance around this word so yeah see I mean tell me about your I was your... angry with the word because mm. I was like I was angry at it I had a really big reaction to it and I was just like I'm you know I felt like it was about being on a hospital bed or 
there was some kind of element of hitting some clinical threshold, I suppose, that didn't feel right and it didn't feel like my voice was being heard. Mm. And so I was very resistant to it. Um, and gradually, I guess, through through knowing you and then becoming aware of the work of Taryn and Dawn, you know, she recovers and this idea that we're all recovering from something. And mm. I love that. And this idea that, and, and then understanding the idea of the, the intersection of trauma there about life being impactful and going through my own traumas over the last few years of just like, oh, okay, so we're all recovering from uh, recovering our balance like we've talked about this briefly haven't we before recovering our balance recovering from setbacks recovering from the impacts of life and now i understand through training as a coach and i work in addictive behaviors i understand more about the neuroscience of of what's happening in the brain so i'm like oh okay yeah there was addiction there and then so there is a, the, uh, my process of uh, well commitment to well-being every day that that can be referred to as as recovery. I still don't kind of really use it. I don't refer to myself as being in recovery, but I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I still angry. don't really. You know, I'm in recovery. I still don't really like that. I don't think I'd ever really associated it with like a clinical definition. I just didn't like. It sounded quite stuck. Like, like, oh, you know, but I do definitely. And interestingly, I kind of, when I went to She Recovers, um, I was like, oh, like, this is so much more than just like booze. You know, like, this is about, you know, trauma and about um, life experiences. So I do feel like it's more connected with the, the life our kind of life experiences rather than just like a thing yeah. you know so I, I don't think I will I don't think it will ever be like oh yeah I'm in recovery from I mean I do say in meetings I suppose mm. yeah, it's like I mean, a shorthand if, yeah. if you're in certain environments it can I've I've become happier at using it as a shorthand whereas before I'd be like I'm just not saying that because it reminded me too much of trying to go to a 12-step meeting having to call myself an alcoholic yeah I was just like mm, yeah. what no um so yeah yeah so I yeah I think it is that kind of yeah I guess for me it's that can I think because I don't struggle with booze like it doesn't enter my head like I never think about it it's not something that I don't feel like I'm like in recovery from alcohol anymore because it's just it's not on the radar but I, I guess I, I associate it more with the things that are still di you know difficult for me so like depression anxiety you know insomnia trauma yeah I guess I, I see it more as that is is the process like I'm still I'm still in recovery from those things not saying that I I don't have to work at like being sober but it's not an effort I suppose that's that's where I'd say. So it's the kind of active effort when things still feel like they're almost like conscious focus working with. Yeah. More more of that. Yeah, and I I think it is it's for me too, and I guess that's 
what's come out of the podcast and talk and just the opportunity just to talk so much and join all the dots it's that widening of the lens widening of the aperture around yeah that the, the, all the things all the yeah. stuff um yeah and I, I definitely feel maybe as I've gone on that I, I've been thinking very much and writing about that this this week on on Instagram actually about the process the journey being the point and that for me is very much sort of almost at the heart of that and that, and that almost could be swapped out journey recovery discovery it's like they all feel the same to me it's it's that 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 intentional showing up and asking what's the one thing i can do to look after myself today yeah i guess mm. and so um gray area drinking you know and that's something i guess that, that you know we wrote about in the book um it's something that both of us found some sort of language that was meaningful to sort of describe our drinking. Um, and it's becoming more of a term which is used. And it was really interesting when we were doing the book promo, wasn't it? Because a lot of people were kind of like, so what is a grey area drinker kind of thing? And it was part of the kind of the conversation, which was really interesting. So I was doing some research and, it, you know, back in in 2011 so there's a few sort of things in medical documents um there was an article written in 2011 which was uh, on the ncbi which is like the big kind of national library of um health and institute in the us about the gray area being consumption between moderate and risk <laughs> um and then there's another article on there in 2015, um, which is really interesting about um, the, the importance of online intervention and the fact that people were finding, were questioning their drinking and finding help and support um, online. Um, and so, yeah, and again, it was like the, the gray area between normal social drinking and I mean, the title's not very nice, but being a smelly tramp, that's the title of the of the piece of research. But it it's interesting that it's been a conversation that's been going on for quite a long time, that actually there, there was a missing piece between, you know, what was classically identified as alcoholism, which is no longer a diagnostic term, hasn't been since the 1990s, um, and... Um, you know, a normal drinker, which was every now and again, um, without any kind of relationship. Um, and now kind of the, the diagnostic is, you know, substance use disorder, which is broken down into harmful, hazardous, I always get it the wrong dependent. way around. Hazardous, Has yeah, hazardous, hazardous harmful, and then dependency. And then dependency. Um, and we were talking about this before, weren't we, which kind of comes into another word which we perhaps changed our relationship with, which is the word addiction. Um, but this shift in language um, has been complicated and confusing for people because obviously at the same time you've got this kind of 
moderate or mindful drinking, which is just like a whole other world of um, people changing their relationship with alcohol, which is a positive thing, right? If everyone drank less, there'd be less impact on society. Yeah. But the fact of the grayer of drinking, well, certainly my understanding is it is, is you have a problematic relationship that's never going to change, right? So you you are on the scale of addiction, yeah. but you have more agency to change. And I think something that's quite interesting is is when you look at kind of um, process addictions, which are like. Mm -hmm you know, like gambling, for example, you don't have that chemical element. So it's a, li it's a little easier, I suppose, to, to talk about because people get really, really confused about this, there being this line where you have to go to rehab, right? So then, then you're an alcoholic or then you're a dependent drinker or then you're addicted to alcohol. And that's actually just, that's not the case. It's like as soon as you start interacting with a substance which is addictive, you have a propensity to have some dependency on it, but it doesn't mean that you're going to be drinking all day, every day. But it also means that the best solution for you is to, is to not drink at all because those neural pathways in your brain are there. And as soon as you start that behavior again, you're going to return to that previous behavior in some way or form. I don't know. What, what are you your understanding or thoughts or developments in this side? So with the grey area drinking, I, again, I've just wrote a post recently, just clarifying because I think that, that there's some confusion. And, and unsurprisingly, really, because it is a confusing sort of term, but that the grey area drinking is 100% that with that hustler's harmful bit before you get to some meet some clinical threshold of clinical dependence, right? Um, and also that I identified as a grey area drinker. That doesn't mean there's a grey area around drinking for me. Yeah. It does, that's not a moderation. Like, it's not a moderation conversation. That's not possible. That was the misery. And moderation, like we were talking before, I've all, I had such a hard time understanding what the hell was going on with me because I was typically drinking two and a half bottles of wine a week that would be my like okay I don't go above that apart from binging like the odd binge where it was like scary amounts um or in, in the name of socializing but that's that sort of level of a two and a half bottles of wine but I was so mentally and emotionally addicted to it and so involved in it, the conversation in my head, all the time planning, regretting, bargaining, like that. And so that was very, I was like, but how can I be? Mm. Like I'm not, I just not even the high words high functioning fit that. Like all of the language, none of that made any sense because it was like, but I'm not drinking very much. <laughs> But I was like 100%. And so, as you said earlier, that, but basically it's all in the brain, that relationship, that planning, the thought processes, that was my brain. My brain is addicted, was mm. addicted. And I know, because I think that's one of the reasons why both of us went back and forth 
testing, testing, testing. What if I put this? What if I put this variable? What if I do this course? What if I work on my nervous system? What if I study the science of happiness? It's like you just have to not engage with it because actually nothing changes it. Nothing. No. Return to that point because the neural pathways are there. One hundred percent end of. That's it. Yeah, and and it's it's you know, and I think both. Um, you know, I think but when you start off in this journey, it's like, yeah, I don't want to be called an addict, right? Like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have an addiction. It's like, it's an incredibly loaded um, sort of language. But when you break it down to sort of the, the dopamine loop in your brain being hijacked by a behavior mm-hmm. um, and you seeking out that behavior despite adverse consequences in your life, which is the de- definition of addiction, right? It's like mm-hmm. continued use despite, despite ad- adverse consequences. consequences. Mm-hmm. And again, and then this looks at, this puts it back on a scale because you know, depending on many, many different factors. So depending on, you know, trauma, adverse childhood experiences, you know, support, um, genetics, um, timing, amount of use, um, you know, all the things that surround someone's behavior, um, how much that takes hold of you and how much you're willing to risk for that behavior shows where you are on the scale, right? So it's like we were talking about this before, you know, there's things that I'm not proud about, about choices that I would, that I would still, like I drank in my second pregnancy. So now when I look back, I didn't drink in my first pregnancy, but my relationship between those two pregnancies had changed in a way where alcohol had become more important to me. So even though I was putting risk on my unborn child by drinking, I didn't drink a lot, right? But I still drank. I drank when I was breastfeeding, you know? So the, the risks that I would take for my relationship with alcohol were higher, mm. yeah? But at that point, luckily, thank, you know, not that I believe, but, you know, thank you divine intervention or whatever you know i i had burnout i went to therapy i started on a journey of of looking after my mental health which stopped me and my relationship with alcohol going any further Mm. because you know when you when you look and when you work you know with certain people that i've worked with or conversations that i've had as that development and that relationship develops even further, the risks that you take are even more. Like, you know, would would you risk losing your kids? You know, someone, yes, no, not they they don't want to, but the addiction that they, that is driving them is like, yeah, I'd risk my kids for that. Mm. You know, I'd end up on the streets for that, you know, mm. and that end scale when we're like, oh, that's not me. Mm. And that was a real clarity moment for me. Was just like, look, I was just fucking lucky that I got out early, but there I was on a path, right? Yeah. But thank goodness, you know, I had therapy. I had a supportive husband. I had, you know, a, a home. I had all these things, and also I had agency for change. And there were online. There was conversation, and there was online support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and all of the things. So it is so complex 
Yeah, but I mean, it goes back to that, the resources, like, um, well, in the course that I'm doing with the lovely CCAR people, but, you know, the, your kind of recovery capital, I'm doing air bubbles, but that sort of really what we're talking about is we had resources, both of us, you know, yeah. we had the baseline, we had our basic needs met, and we had access to support, and we had supportive people around us, so... You know, and I and then I, I, you know, sometimes I talk talk to people who are like, yeah, but like, but there was, I, you know, there was nothing, nothing happened, blah, blah, blah. and then you find out, well, actually, you, you, you've got ADHD, like, you, you was never diagnosed, you know, it's like this was, you know, I've got so, like the more you know, the more we can have such a lot of compassion for ourselves and get appropriate support and resources on board yeah and that's the thing it's like yeah we can keep asking around the question do you know what i mean it's like i did you know i'm not proud of it but i did a lot of recreational drugs as a young person and a lot of those are highly addictive right but i didn't i didn't become dependent on any of those because for whatever reason at that time that relationship well i didn't have the money for one thing um i mean i certainly liked it more than i should have done right but i did it i wasn't in that space where it was that the environment wasn't and this is why you know with alcohol it's so dangerous because it's so socially acceptable so it's like when i became a mum, i stopped doing those drugs because they're not you don't do those things but it's absolutely fine for you to drink a bottle of wine at night mm. you know um and but there was all the other things you know like having a child maybe i had you know some postpartum depression whatever all the things it's like we can try and like put a line between us and the substance as much as we want but at the end of the day for all whatever the reasons it's like i continued using that thing despite having it having adverse consequences on my life and so that's all I need to know, really, you know. Um, and again, it's this interesting thing that we put so much because of this kind of, you know, I mean, alcohol detox can kill you, right, if you don't do it carefully. But because yeah. of that, adds this element of like, well, there's those people and then there's us. But actually, you know, if, that's kind of like denying that that gambling addiction exists or sex addiction exists yeah. or addiction or codependency, all of those things, because there is no substance there. But those people are really struggling in their life and they need help. So yeah, I, I think I've come quite far by thinking about addiction. I think again. you've come like massively far. Um, you know, and I think this is where I love, you know, knowledge for me, knowledge is power, and I love to do all the learning and the courses. And I, I mean, you know, we have talked quite a lot about Irene Lyon lately, and someone was saying to her, she basically giving information, non-dumbed down information to people about things. And that's why, you know, obviously the stuff we're quite we like all the, the kind of theory, don't we? But I do think there's it. it there's some room to talk about the, I guess what we do with our, with our course, not to do, a, it wasn't my intention to plug and sell the course, 
but what we do with the, the coaching academy is that kind of it's high quality scientific knowledge yeah about the brain about the nervous system it's like it's need to know stuff in order to not get bought into all the kind of the, the the not so good information out there floating about and cultural norms it's like it gives us this kind of razor sharp knowledge to cut through the bullshit and i think there's a need to know about the real stuff and to not dumb it down and not patronize people and just like okay let's get this stuff you know and i think that's really helped me mm. you know understand and have have all that um, yeah and no, i was sorry yeah, go on. well no and i was just going to backtrack a little bit and talk metaphorically it was like you know, you're you're sort of saying, oh, those, you know, the people over there and blah blah blah. And it's like I wrote down on the bus. It's like if you are in the grey area of drinking, if you have that, it's like you're on the bus there. Would you carry on on the bus there if you know the bus was going towards a precipice? It's like yeah. let's do a Thelma and Louise and get that ticket to that precipice. It's like mm. no, we're going to get off the bus, aren't we? We're going to try and get off the bus and not go go there, but because we've got all of this cultural floaty stuff around how we should be trying to keep it in our lives. We're kept on that bus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, that makes me feel quite sad, <laughs> but yeah. And it, and, and again, it's the, the, you know, I mean, we're going to talk about the word trauma, <clears throat> which is another word that is like, we've learned a lot about, and it's important to talk about it, but you know, stress is, mm is trauma to the, the nervous system so it's yeah. like and it's no you know now we're kind of like waking up to the impact of you know social media and and online shopping and how they are using our you know dopamine response against us mm -hmm. to create you know process addictions it's like this isn't just a few people's issue it's mm. just it just might look different for a different people mm. but you know there's oh what was that oh there's a brilliant quote that i saw yesterday but i'm going to mess it up if i try and say it um so i won't bother but um just that you know just that we're you know we're all trying to be well right and it, it was a coping mechanism. And this is, again, something that's a really kind of key point, I think, about the, about how your relationship changes. You know, so when people are like, oh, but, you know, I didn't drink that much or da da, da you know, trying to kind of find their way out of it, which I completely understand. Um, but it's like, well, what were you using it for? Mm. You know, and part of the kind of criteria now that they look like it. Sorry, I've got like a million things telling me I've got to do something in a minute. Mm. Like, PhD, I've got like seventeen like calendars. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, one of the things I saw a brilliant post the other day, and it was like, you know, it might be that there's the the family stuff. It might be that. Um, you know, it's trauma-based, and it might be self-medicating. It might be that you're using it to cope, mm. you know, and 
so many people that's the change right it's like if we look at you know some of my friends who we were drinking problematically as young people we were binge drinking we were drinking a lot hazardly whatever and now they drink less they never used it as their best friend, as their treat, as their, you know, coping strategy, as their come down to bring down the stress, as all the things, you know. Do, yeah. is, is alcohol healthy for them? No. Like, would they be better off if they stopped drinking? Yes, because everyone would, right? But there isn't, there has to be an, an acceptance that, yeah, the way that I drank was was different. And and it's interesting what you said when we were chatting before, you were saying that, like, occasionally you get that kind of, you know, voice in your head where it's like, well, I've done all this work now, so I, I should be able to drink because I, I fixed myself kind of thing. Yeah. Um, That's such a thing for me. Mm. And, and it, it's, it's almost like I think... It's a, a, a kind of, I don't know whether it's a red flag. I was just, or whether it's an echo. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I just think we freak out about things and it's like, oh, okay, that's just that echo, weird echo that, of the old behaviours, you know. And and there is definitely, whenever I get new knowledge on board, the one which it goes through that, oh, right, okay, I've done all this nervous system training without even knowing. That's like, oh, I've been really regulated, so I'll be fine. And it's like, but I don't even want, you know, I don't want to do it. Of course I wouldn't. But I definitely have had that kind of, I've said a few times that I feel like I need to go back to basics. Like I need to revisit the why to the baseline because, and it's almost like, a prodigal feeling for me it's like i want to go out and discover the world but i need to come back home and that's what mm -hmm. i feel like i always need to do so when it puts put it in a nice non-scary way it's i've gone out and done a lot of i've wanted to visit but <laughs> i've but i've i've done i've done those courses lately and i need to just come back home now mm. come back to me and my truth and my why and you know Yes, because when I hear that, it's just like, you know, well, there's two things, isn't it? It's like, wow, isn't the kind of cultural messaging around alcohol so strong that it's like you can still think, you know, like maybe I could find a way for it to work. Um, and also like, God, isn't addiction strong because it's like, you know, yeah. any kind of little sort of avenue kind of chinks in the, the armour. And it used to be loads. I mean, it used to be constant work with that voice. Mm. The first year, the first, and then, when, you know, after I went back to it, it was like, you know, and understanding that thing about AV recognition, addictive voice recognition, and any voice that mm -hmm. recommends drinking is, is the addictive voice. And it's like, well, that's so that I mean, that's got to be the power tool there. But also, um, yeah, I've completely forgotten what I was saying. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but I do yeah. think like, sort of mapping that over what's been going on with my kind of, you know, my body and my my fitness and stuff like that, like there is a kind of, you have to get to a certain, a level of acceptance, don't you? Yeah. Of like, and, and really challenging that kind of like, well, what is normal and who am I? And accepting that you just are who you are, like sort of <clears throat> magically kind of a little bit broken, you know? And it's just like, well, it's like, when do you push and when do you just accept? That's the thing that I find was always so tricky generally, though, was that the, well, the word acceptance and what, what does that actually yeah. mean? <laughs> and also that you can change but still have that baseline acceptance of that. So there's quite, mm. actually, if I'm, I'm now putting analytical, that would be around flexible thinking, around executive function, mm. able to delineate what bits that, that are baselines and what bits are fluid and then being able to incorporate incorporate is not the right word sort of process um and integrate that knowledge that's interesting so, that comes into like boundary work too right it's like what's flexible what's solid yes you know and 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 looking for those Again, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we, about, you know, permission and looking for, you know, because I was saying, like, I just want someone to tell, in a way, just want someone to say, no, you can't ever run, like, get over it, you know. And I think we're, yeah. because I need, we need boundaries in our life, you know. And I think this is why within this area, you know, the grey area of drinking, it's it's complicated for people because it is nuanced and it is not straightforward. And so there's that testing all, all the time. Mm. But as you said earlier, like I think a, a great thing and a great knowledge tool is when you understand the brain. Like yeah. that changed everything for me because it's like, oh, you know, this, I mean, I talked with a client and she'd had scans on her brain. And it was like, there was a lot not not working up there, you know? And so it was like trying to build, rebuild, which you totally can do through connection, through, you know, cross-body work, through, mm. you know, somatics. purpose, through somatics, through... Interception, that work. Sensory work, all, yeah. all that you can yeah. get of that functioning back online. Yeah. But if you've had a developed relationship with anything that is a habit, mm. you know, that it's still there. And, and if there's that chemical charge there, yeah. If there's yeah. A, the chemical substance charge there, it will hijack any kind of other building blocks you've been doing yeah because that's that's the charge and i because i can remember as well that whenever when i did go back to drinking i was like and again like looked fine you know once a month all my self-care practices for some reason i was like why aren't i doing that and it's like yeah. oh because that neural pathway that hijacks all the others it eclipses everything else because yeah that's the power of the charge and the, the old 
addictive pathway so we just don't light up that pathway right no just never question the decision never just question the decision yeah and again it's like once it's soured it's soured like yeah really important just is what you were looking for is already gone and yeah. everything else saying no to that means you say yes to all the rest of the stuff yeah and that's the thing right is that like it, it making that choice narrows everything else as you say like it blocks off everything else you know and and sort of having now worked with people you know and this isn't just us like talking about it right it's like we're now sort of as before a lot of this was our kind of like yeah. um our theories and our own experience going like hang on a second mm. you know i definitely know there's a problem here but i definitely don't think that i'm going i don't need to go to rehab so who am i and where do i sit mm. you know and now it's like working as a practitioner it's like there's certain people where it's incredibly challenging to manage their lives mm. because of their addictive behaviors and the flip that happens when they re-engage if they i hate the word relapse but if they re-engage with that behavior is terrifying and upsetting and you see them disappear essentially yeah you know yeah so so yeah and as you say like it's it's just get off the fucking bus mm. <laughs> like <laughs> get off the bus that's yeah. the new hashtag right yeah. yeah oh, wow. because it, it's terrifying when yeah, you see someone lose everything, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm just incredibly grateful that we, you know, and what's so interesting, coming back to those studies, like in 2015, they were saying, like, actually, online intervention through community is get, stopping people getting... It's getting people off the bus. Getting people off the bus. <laughs> So the other one we wanted to talk about was trauma, because I think people often think like, um, you know, big T trauma, right? So it's like, I don't have trauma, you know, well, some of some people do, you know, where it's like the big T, like really extreme trauma. And they can trip people up as they're like, oh, well, you know, um, I'm, I'm okay because I don't have that big trauma or it doesn't associate with me but trauma is essentially impactful life experiences and that could be you know being othered at school being bullied because you're different never feeling like you fit in um it could be around your body it could be around your sexuality you know your race your color of your skin your you know what you like to do if you're not sporty if you are sporty neurodiversity um, and it and it could and it's also stress mm -hmm. you know when your body is overrun with cortisol mm -hmm. and you can't balance your nervous system um 
which I think pretty much everyone can relate to. Again, if they don't have other coping strategies, so you're talking about this with my husband, like he's always played tennis and always had sport. So it's like, yeah, he might have like had quite a party lifestyle, but it was never a coping strategy for him because when he's stressed out or when he needs to diffuse his anger, he he's always played tennis like since he was, you know, 10 and he plays in competition at a high level. So anyway, those are just... Yeah, and and I think you know this is something we'll return to time and time again. This bit as as the kind of science and stuff develops, and I know it's certainly something that I'm learning a lot about at the moment about that sort of the autonomic nervous system. Um, and it is it's basically because we, we you know the, this kind of chronic stress. Um, and how it affects, you know, in all the stuff, all the stuff, the inflammation, uh, the digestive systems, all, all of that. And there are, well, the good news Point is... my life. <laughs> the good news is that, you know, you, yeah, it's, it's there, isn't it? I mean, for me, for me also, um, in different ways. Um, but it is that there are, the, the, the positive is that because of neuroplasticity and this good quality information and ways and practitioners getting it on board is, is that we can we can work with understanding our nervous systems and how to and we can actually heal heal them you know mm-hmm. um, so I think we'll, we'll we should probably you know I we've got a podcast with Irene coming up Irene Lyon um, and she goes into this in in Ridge is so amazing in terms of how she can communicate all the information um so we'll be you know returning to this of this idea but the the takeaway is i guess is is understanding that the small t element of trauma as well as the big t the fact that it shows up in the nervous system as a a dysregulation fight flight in a shutdown thing and and go and you know we can we can work with it you know it is a thing that impacts but we can work with it yeah, and we do, you know, because we're not, I'm not a trauma expert, for example, uh, in terms of somatic practitioning, but we can resource and we can use our resources and our happy places and our pets and our connectivity, um, lie down on the ground, we can, you know, take breaks and all of that, all of that builds our capacity to sort of start that gentle inquiry, you know, in a way that's not going to tr- flood us, you know, because it's a, it can be a big subject. Yeah, and and the fact that, you know, like, um, alcohol is a depressant, right? So it's it's not something that's going to pull you up. It's going to be something that brings you down. So if someone, if you are someone that's had trauma, big T, small T, or any high, highly stressed or overwhelmed, you know, it, it's that drug that is the one that is going to, is going to attach to more, off the more, you know, easily, or you're going to seek out because it's going to, in the short term, give you that kind of bring down grounding kind of GABA release. Um, but the difficulty is obviously that then your levels are depleted when you stop drinking it. And so then your body is brain seeking and for that why it might seek out alcohol again to 
to give you that feeling again, right? So it's like, and that's where the dependency comes from because you're then seeking out that thing mm-hmm. to, you know, to fit, fit a purpose or something that your brain is feeling depleted in. Um, and once you remove it and once you get some good sort of strategies on board, then you don't need it anymore, which is the... The joy. Yeah. The reasons to love sober. Um, I want to... Um, I was thinking about this again, not really wanting to promo, but I think it's... A, when is our taster? Because we've been talking about, haven't we, high-quality information, getting this on board so that we can really use it as a tool. Um, it, it will be in the show notes. We'll put it in the yeah, show notes. Yeah, put it in the show notes. It's coming up. Um, June the I think it's the last week in June yeah it is the 29th of 29th June. of June um and we we'll, yeah we'll put it in the show notes and um, it's a two-hour session uh online and it's the training we do for the, the coaching academy which does lead to um the certification in it mm. But this is, and that is attached to coaching qualifications, so there's sort of a kind of that professional pathway to it. But these taster sessions are just for anyone and anyone with an interest in the science of of addictive behaviours. So it can be, you know, really helpful, like I said, if you want to get on board all of that sort of, yeah, the science behind it, some of of those, that learning. Okay, so that's us. What's your tip of the day? Um, well, it's really boring, but <laughs> <laughs> it's really boring. Yeah, yeah, not to be underestimated. Yeah, and you? Tip of the day. Tip of the day. Well, this goes back to me bumping into the old toxic sort of group, someone from the old toxic mum group that I was just so miserable and struggling so much with before I stopped drinking and then when I was early sobriety and I I bumped into um, one of these um, mums in the supermarket yesterday that I haven't seen her for such a long time. And ended up having this wicked, authentic conversation where she told me all about her stuff and I told her all about my stuff. And it actually felt completely different. Like, the, the so there's something about that. And I said she didn't, I not, I wasn't like, trying to sort of overshare. It just felt like I could stand in, love the word sovereign self, and just have a chat in the frozen food aisle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and just but there was something about like not really giving yeah not not, not try I, I wasn't trying to not trying too hard not trying, trying to... too hard I just felt like we had a like a level chat so I think it's is that there's a bit there'd be a bit of my tip of the day would be a bit of acknowledging it's so easy to forget how far we've come even on you know on a daily basis you know like and giving ourselves that acknowledgement of like wow you know I did good you did good so yeah giving yourself a little pat on the back and telling yourself you did good 
That's a really long-winded fucking way of saying that, wasn't it? Jenna's like, just so, I'm, I think I'm getting worse at being succinct. You know, like, brevity being so wicked. It's just, I'm, so, I'm on the bus the other way. It's escaping you. Um, fucking on that bus the other way. What, um, what is your reason to have sober? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think it's the old one again. I think since we're kind of returning to conversations, I can, I'm all right to like recycle, upcycle an old one, which is just that I don't really give too much crap about the fact that I'm just a bit of a knob. <laughs> bounce back you know it's like yes yeah life um can still be challenging or you can have bad days and feel shit um but it's the it's the turnaround time you oh, know yeah. it's, I can get myself back out of it in like two days basically um rather than not wallowing in my own self-pity and you know pain and and sadness and all that um i love that the recovery yeah that's mm -mm. back that almost yeah. takes us right back to the beginning where we were recovery time and i love the idea of the bounce back it is like an elastic band isn't it it's like um yeah like the elastic band got tighter <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking about my hip flexor. I think we need to stop recording. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, just reach out. No, you're not alone. Um, you know, send up a flare. Talk to your GP or soberistas, ask the doctor, anonymous service, or one of the amazing online forums that you vibe with. You know, just know that you're not alone. And... Um, yeah, stay safe and we will see you next week for more chat.